So you may have noticed, I was a little bit riled up last week. Just to give you my week since then, in a nutshell, I got even more (laughs) riled up as the week went on. As this stuff was going on, it would be so harmful not only to farms, but harmful to farm workers. Stuff that groups that are supposed to be protecting farm workers were doing. Doesn't make sense, does it? No, not at all. Thankfully, I'm feeling a bit better today, and I'll explain why as we continue this morning here on The Farming Show. KGMI News Talk 790. I'm Dylan Honkoop. Glad to have you here with us on a Saturday morning. Yes, last week I was, well, I'll admit it, I kind of went off to explain the backstory yet again, what's going on with these extremist organizations. They're out and have been for the last several weeks uh, trying to tell you, tell the public that farms are doing nothing to protect their workers from the COVID-19 disease, coronavirus pandemic, whatever your preferred nomenclature is. Farms are doing nothing. They don't care. They only care about profits. Uh, They don't care about people. And they're forcing farm workers into positions uh, uh, where their health is at risk. Um, It's uh, farms to blame for outbreaks of COVID across the state. Uh, Apparently, people have no lives other than at farms uh, when they work there. They don't do anything else. So any any sickness that they pick up is only from their workplace. No place. Does that really make sense? Anyway, tons of stuff to get into. And what made me the most steamed this week was that these groups that were telling, and it's not true, by the way. We have a lot of evidence about that, and there's a lot more to come uh, at SafeFamilyFarming.com. By the way, that's where I work. Um, at least that's my nine to five. Well, it's not really nine to five. Let's be honest. It's a lot more than that, but I can't help myself. I grew up a farm kid, so farm kids don't work nine to five. Uh, there, It's all or nothing. Maybe that's just a honkoop thing, too. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about this situation and the, the false things that farm worker advocates, and I'm using air quotes with that, were saying, and the political game that they were trying to play with Dan Fazio, uh, with Wafla, uh, labor organization, nonprofit here in Washington State, and he's back with us this morning. So, Dan, I, I know you weren't on the program with me last week. I went off a bit, and what I saw more than anything was these groups were not just lying in a way that harms farms, but they were playing a political game that was so dangerous for more than anybody, even more than the farmers, it was dangerous for the farm workers themselves, the people these groups are supposed to be protecting. What they were doing was trying to force rules, amongst other things, they were trying to force rules that would cut the available housing that temporary farm workers, whether they're guest workers who are coming here from Mexico, whether they're domestic uh, workers who are coming from Texas or California or wherever, uh, th- th- they rely on. This is quality, licensed state housing. They wanted to cut that capacity in half. We've been calling out now for a number of weeks. What happens to the people who are pl- planning on this housing? Apparently, these groups 
community to community development uh, has been pushing this, but more specifically, Familias Unidas por la Justicia, the, the again, air quotes, farm worker union. I don't believe they're actually legally a union. Um, uh, that has that formed a few years back in Skagit County, along with UFW, United Farm Workers, a union out of California, filed this lawsuit. They've been pushing this narrative, um, forcing the state now into action to, to put some rules that would basically ensconce their um, potentially uh, spurious legal arguments into to state rules and recommendations, even without a court win. But I, I'm already getting ahead of myself. Dan, give us the update. There was a court hearing today. First, let's start with this lawsuit that they filed. It, hey, it, okay. They showed that it didn't carry water. Right. Hey, good morning. Good morning, Dylan. Um, you had a good week last week, and <laughs> I, you have a right to be fired up, sir. What happened? Well, Explain from your perspective what where we're at right now with this effort to again. They're saying that they're trying to protect farm workers, but we know there's an ulterior motive here because the actions that they're taking would actually hurt farm workers. That's exactly right, Dylan. So what's uh, what's going on here is they filed some kind of emergency petition for emergency regulations, uh, which there's no basis in the law to file. Uh, they asked the ju a judge for an, an injunction, and the uh, judge denied the request for injunction uh, yesterday uh, morning. About uh, yes, yeah, yesterday morning, um, they wanted to um, force the court to order the governor to order the Department of Health uh, to ban bunk beds um, in housing. And that backfired on them because there are 31,000 licensed beds where these migrant seasonal workers come from all over Mexico, uh, California, come up to work for six months in Washington, very high quality, inspected by Department of Health, inspected by Department of Labor and Industries, inspected by the Federal Department of Labor. Um, and their, their constituents asked them, well, where are the workers going to live if you cut the housing stock from 31,000 to 15,500? They didn't have an answer for that. These, so, these extremists' own move would have left these farm workers high and dry nowhere to go i talk about vulnerable to covid in that situation either they have to choose some kind of hey can i you know couch surf this is not the time in our society right now to be couch surfing or living in your car or having to go back home where you probably don't have arrangements made because you are planning on living here and working here right exactly so it was a publicity stunt. It was a stunt actually used to try and get contributions from people in Seattle. Um, the lawyer who filed the brief put out a uh, a fundraising, send money, you know, um, uh, send donations, uh, uh, appeal saying that they were fi filing this lawsuit to protect uh, workplace safety, and um, the the judge saw through it so the you know the judge denied the re their request for injunctive relief and the one thing that the judge was very very reluctant to do um was to be perceived as ruling against farm workers so he said look i want you guys to produce a report on what you're doing i know you're dropping all your requests for housing regulations but now they're now they shifted tack and said they wanted uh they didn't want um, workers to be sitting next to each other on buses that you know take the workers from the housing to the fields, and they wanted better regulations on uh, field work. And we you know, we said, hey, we appreciate that, Your Honor. We appreciate 
that you don't want to be perceived as ruling against workers. And we appreciate the opportunity to collaborate with the agency because, quite frankly, that is uh, what we're doing. So, but you know, it, it kind of exposed the uh, the people on the other side as you know not really working in the best interest of the farm workers. And and Dylan, you had a great week. You had um, uh, media, uh, uh, a very, very good article uh, or in the American Spectator. Um, I saw uh, your group, and then uh, you worked with reporters on, on television stations. Yeah, um, we, had, we had Simone Del Rosario here on the program last week talking about some of the coverage that she had been doing on this issue as well. Again, we're talking with Dan Fazio right now here on The Farming Show. He's with Waffle, a nonprofit uh, farm labor organization here in Washington State, also Oregon as well. I understand you guys do some stuff. Um, I'm, I'm Dylan Honkoop. This is The Farming Show on KGMI, if you are just tuning in. You know, in some ways, uh, well, uh, this is a victory in court for for the good guys, so to speak. And and uh, and interestingly enough, you say, well, the ju- this judge doesn't want to be perceived as ruling against farm workers the reality is if he would have dismissed the case and even in not um fully ruling but not issuing an injunction he, he's essentially doing that in some ways right he's actually ruling for farm workers he's ruling against these extremist organizations that have other political goals but do it under the guise, under the deception of being for the farm workers. So really, when you know the facts of what would have practically happened as a result of this, he is ruling for farm workers. He is ruling for thousands of people who were at risk of losing housing and potentially their jobs. And thanks to this judge, and and I hope he sticks with it after he uh, gets his kind of book report in a couple of weeks from these these groups that he asked for because he wants to give court oversight. I don't know what that's all about. I thought that's what our executive branch is supposed to do, not our, our judicial branch, but whatever. Uh, if he sticks with it and ultimately dismisses this case, which I have a hunch that he will, he's ruling for the farm workers and that's what i want the people to see there's there's a lot of people who will get the chance then to have the best possible available housing to them um with appropriate protection something that's within the realm of possibility versus what these extremists were pushing for which was not even within the realm of possibility and then we kept asking the question what was the plan if right. you ban these bunk beds, what? It, well, people are. It was interesting. Some of these people were saying, "Well, we should use tents. That'll help them." But the union has flatly rejected the idea of tents. Well, a, a tent is a poor substitute with a for uh, a bed in housing with uh, central heating and air and all the all the uh, comforts of home. Uh, but Dylan, that's what I was getting to. The court denied the injunction and from all appearances intends to dismiss this entire frivolous lawsuit on the 14th of May. And we won in large part due to your efforts. So that's what I was trying to get to, uh, Dylan. Please make no mistake about this. This is not a legal proceeding. This is a political and public relations process aimed at influencing the governor and your work. Yeah, I think I said that last week. It used to be that, um, you know, you used public relations PR as a tool to support legal cases. Now it's the other way around. They used this legal case, which as you said, borders on frivolous 
they used it as a PR tool to support their PR effort. Totally the other way around. I think that was totally exposed by the fact. And, how, and, and explain this, Dan. How does this happen where two weeks ago when they filed this, bunk beds were the worst thing ever. Housing was out of control. It was such a big problem. They were trying to get the public so riled up that this was such a huge deal. And when we make it to the hearing yesterday, it's not even in the case. Well, How, Dylan- how can that be? Well, Dylan, first of all, I have to correct you. You said it borders on frivolous. It doesn't border on frivolous. It is frivolous. Mm. It's absolutely frivolous. There's no authority in law. It was just a person getting up and making a lot of statements, some of which were blatantly false, um, and the judge having to listen to it and read all these filings and all these newspaper articles that were submitted and things that were absolutely hearsay and wouldn't get near shouldn't get near the front door of a court um and the judge basically wants to just uh let it play out and we we kind of appreciate that because we want to get a good working relationship with the uh, with the agencies and do what's right for the workers but dylan you got to take a bow guy um this is about uh the political process and about that's what they're you're you're right they're using the lawsuit to influence the political process because all the news stories that were out there um, ended with, and by the way, the farm workers have a lawsuit against the government. And by the way, the lawsuit, the farm workers have a lawsuit against yeah. the government. So that's kind of where, where they were. Um, well, for them, big it, time. It, in some ways it backfired. And, and I think it will continue as we continue to expose the truth about the ramifications of what they were asking for and the collateral damage that would have made the cure worse than the disease, if you will. Um, but, but let's get back to farming. Well, this- absolutely. But what I, I want to say here about this this case and this playing PR is it worked. They played a PR game with a lawsuit and they got what they wanted because they put a, a, a case forward that had no substance. So they knew by the time they got to the hearing, they probably weren't going to be able to win. But it didn't matter because that case put the pressure on the governor's office. The governor... And his agencies, the Department of of uh, Labor and Industries and the Department of Health, decided, well, there's this lawsuit. We want to kind of get out ahead of that. So they put the rules that were pushed for initially in this uh, into draft language already themselves. And that's where this isn't over yet. And, and the governor's office hasn't had the final say on this. They may still put some of this garbage into place. Well, you're, you're, you're right, Dylan, but uh, it's, the jo- it's our job and your job as, uh, at Save Family Farming to keep the, the light on them and keep your eye on the ball. And the ball is that I'm really afraid that if these folks are successful and we don't have workers, we don't have American-grown fruits and vegetables. Yep. And, and that's, that's my fear. You need workers in May and June to produce apples, peaches, pears, celery, lettuce in you know September and October, and that's the biggest that's the biggest fear we have. U.S. grown food is food security, and now they they lost on the bunk beds. Now they want to not allow us to transport workers. So now what are workers going to do? Take, you know, six guys to a little car to go to the fields. We have a bus that is very, very, you know, safety checked and all that. 
to get the workers to the field. So I don't know what game that they're playing is that they just hate America or, you know, or they don't like farm workers because the farm workers are working hard. The farmers are working hard. And that's, I think, what was portrayed at the, at the lawsuit, yeah, at the, the Skagit County Court uh, yesterday. Mm-hmm. And again, um, I think the governor and the governor's staff is seeing that. Um, and they're hearing from people that, hey, um, we're wa- walking in and we don't see meat in the meat aisle and we want to see mm-hmm. you know, American meat. We want to see uh, uh, American-grown uh, dairy products. We want to see uh, American fruit and, and vegetables. Yep. And that's what your group has been doing so successfully. So um, stop yelling and take a bow, guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I get a little riled up, as as you know. Um, and this is why I wanted to sound the alarm. I, on a personal level, I'm nervous about what's going to happen here in the next couple of weeks with meat and whether it's going to be available in stores. I, I don't want to create uh, undue fear, but I think it's a reality that we're going to be seeing a lot of shortages which with, us, with what's been happening in that world. I don't want to see the same thing in a few months with fruit that we produce here in washington state or the vegetables that we produce in washington state like you say so what we what we're trying to head off here was really a humanitarian crisis on a couple of different levels number one making sure we didn't leave thousands of workers without a place to go or a place to stay or potentially even a job to support themselves that they were planning on which is what these activists actions would have done and secondly that we don't create food shortages and lack of domestically grown food at a time where the future is very uncertain where food is going to come from, how safe it's going to be, how reliable it's going to be. Let's protect that, not damage that, as these groups apparently are willing to do to pursue their hidden political agendas, which is against capitalism and a variety of other things that they want to achieve, not not to mention their own financial game gained by growing their union membership and bringing in money from farm workers, the, the people in the world who can least afford to have another slice taken out of their paycheck they want to profit from. But that's a different show for a different day. <laughs> a- a- Amen, Dylan. Go out, Everyone go out and buy a big bag of Washington-grown apples. Eat all you can. Deliver the rest to the food yeah. bank, and you'll be helping farmers and farm workers. We had a good day yesterday, and let's uh, keep your foot on the accelerator. Yeah, Thanks keep, a lot. Keep, keep the word going to the governor's office that they, they need to do something about this and not follow through with what they were pressured to do by this lawsuit. Dan Fazio with Wafla, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us. Give us this update this morning. Hey, Dylan, thanks for all you guys that Save Family Farming do.